0: shitty christians i am your host michael Tabor. i'm zachary allard and we are so happy to be back oh man it's it's been we took a week off last week Mm -hmm. to do something a little different uh you know we did a nice episode about things we actually like about our faith
1: yeah, and like so, all nice things. I have to take a week off between them. Yeah, it was exhausting for us. We <laughs> had to we had to do
0: a lot of recovery. Um,
1: a lot of electrolytes. Yeah, spas <laughs> were
0: involved. Uh, so if you listened to that episode last week and were like, oh, this is really nice. I'm enjoying this. We're here to destroy all of that goodwill. Uh, because in the intervening two weeks as we've been researching this, what we have assembled is... J- genuinely a rogues gallery of the evangelical faith like put these guys on cards uh <laughs> there is just a lot to cover we have, we have been up to some stuff people have been up to some stuff and we are here to yell about it <laughs> <laughs> but first before we get to that you know zachary sometimes we get things wrong
1: it's infrequent
0: yeah i know that's hard for you to believe but it happens uh so we're here to do our first correction on the pod yeah uh, we so-
1: believe in humility
0: absolutely yeah if we're wrong we're wrong and we're willing to own that so this came to us courtesy of baptist news network uh they post published an article that says sbc president blacklist former leader accused of enabling abuse.
1: Oh, shit! I know,
0: right? Actual direct action. Motherfucker going down! That's right. No, oh, so, man,
1: I'm excited for him to get arrested, yeah. for them to be put out in cuffs. There's gonna be, like, an OJ chase. Put He's him
0: gonna... in the Epstein cell, see what happens. <laughs> I'm excited
1: to see a little justice.
0: A little justice.
1: So Tell for, me, tell for, me, paint me a picture. For you, dear listener
0: that may not be fully aware of this, this is about J.D. Greer, the current mm-hmm. president of the Southern Baptist Association, mm-hmm. talking about Paige Patterson. Yes. Uh, a previous president of the Southern Baptist Association and a man who in the last couple years has been repeatedly incredibly accused of covering up abuse for basically his entire career.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know how he got anything done. Yeah. I, it's like I don't know how he got any writing or theology done. It, it feels like he me, was just shuttling around abusers and predators. It was genuinely his life's work. Like It was like an underground railroad for predators. <laughs> was it, That was his office. It was his whole team. He was just like undercover of night moving them from church to church. Absolutely. And we're not gonna get into
0: all of those no. allegations today, because one, it deserves a whole episode. And two, it's yes. just it's a horrifying way to start. Yeah, yeah But yeah, yeah. we were really pleased to see Greer no, it's like good to see. blacklisting. That's amazing. And then <laughs> I read the article. Oh, why'd you do that? If there's anything <laughs> okay. we can learn. Never read the article.
1: No, no, no. I, I just look at headlines, screenshot them, put them on Twitter, feel good about it. Yeah,
0: culture <laughs> warrior. So unfortunately, it didn't really amount to a blacklist. Oh, no. What happened was that J.D. Greer was reached out to by the Houston Chronicle, Kev- who has been extensively covering mm-hmm. this Baptist sex abuse scandal. Mm-hmm. Their series, Abuse of Faith, is definitely worth a read if you uh, want to delve deep <laughs> into some of the awful things that have been happening in this denomination. But Paige Patterson was being honored okay. in 2020. Wait, wait. Honored by a church. By the Epstein Foundation? (laughs) No, no, no. no, Wait. Wait. By Harvard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For donating so much to MIT. Right? Oh, man. So good. He
0: was being honored by a church specifically as a defender of the faith. And this goes back to Paige Patterson's role a, sort of orchestrating what some people call the conservative resurgence, what we would call the hostile fundamentalist takeover of mm-hmm, the Southern Baptist mm-hmm. Convention back in the 70s. He basically created this convention as we see it today. So
1: he was being honored, yes. which is gross. Yeah, no, I, I love 2020 being like, let's get the guy who's breaking down rape yeah, victims and call him a defender of the faith. Which, by the way, also a title for the British monarchy that was (laughs) given to Henry VIII by the Pope before Henry... That's true! Before Henry VIII started a new church of his own, the British monarchy, to this day, head of the Anglican Church, have kept the title they got from the Pope. Incredible. Yeah. I love it. Also, Paige Patterson... Noted British monarch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he would he would love to be. Oh, yeah. That would give him the freedom he's looking for to do the things that he's done. To hang so anyways, out with people like The church Prince that honored Andrew. him, by the way, also had their own sex abuse scandals. We won't get into that Incredible right stuff. now. But, you know, it is exactly what you think it Power is. Bit. And J.D. Greer, like, hey. Okay. I advise churches to consider that Paige Patterson's conduct was antithetical to the core values of our faith before inviting him to speak or preach.
1: I'm waiting for the blacklist. Yeah, you're going to be waiting a long time because
0: that was basically the extent of it. He okay. invited churches to consider their terrible actions.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a big Obama ad. coming <laughs> <off> <laughs> this. J.D. Like. Greer really uh, staying
0: in for the Obama. Uh, I invite
1: Republicans to uh, help me pass my legislation. Exactly. Uh, he's still waiting on that, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Greer with that big Obama energy.
1: And and here's
0: what I ultimately have to say is like, on some level, this is not a problem with Greer. This is a problem with the denomination that believes so much in church autonomy that he doesn't really have a lot of power to make these meaningful no, changes. I mean, like, the, I want him to do more. Back I don't. to the
1: British monarchy. He's a figurehead.
0: Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Uh, he is in many ways ancillary to the actual problem. Uh, this, and still... This comment, this nothing comment, (laughs) uh, received a fair amount of controversy. People being like, Your role isn't to tell churches what to do. Maybe
1: some cops should. (laughs) Yeah, right? I I think it's fascinating. Again, it's libertarian thought, the idea that, like, you're offending, and we'll get into that more here in a minute, but you're offending my autonomy. To be an asshole. Yeah. You are offending my autonomy to reward rapists and predators. And and the people that cover up those
0: things. Yeah, specifically. It is, you know, we're socialists here. We believe in systemic change. People are uh, problematic, but not usually ultimately the problem. And on some level, I appreciate Greer saying what he did, but also. What an embarrassing, like, yeah. n- statement to be then lauded as, as if he had said something controversial. I mean,
1: that's why the Obama analogy makes sense. He won the Nobel Peace Prize while killing tons <laughs> and tons of people. I thought I
0: did think it was weird when Greer replaced all the seminary professors with drones.
1: <laughs> uh, better teachers. <laughs> <Yeah, honestly, laughs> Upgrades. Strong,
0: much stronger theology. We'll get to that. So, yeah, today what we have is just an assemblage of... <laughs> of a smattering of just terrible people from all across the evangelical spectrum. We're gonna be talking about Mike Pompeo, and Israel, Because we, we mentioned yep. Israel and Palestine mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And we were like, yeah, at some point we're really going to dive in. Turns out that's today because some stuff has been <laughs> popping off. So yeah, we're they get didn't to leave that. us much of an option, uns- unfortunately. Yeah, sometimes your hand is forced. Uh, we're going to be talking about Paula White, prosperity gospel preacher, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. her prayer to end all satanic pregnancies in America.
1: I just appreciate there's somebody evangelical who's also pro-choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice change of pace,
0: <laughs> honestly. So we're going to get into her. We're going to be... Ending with Bruce Ashford, a professor and dean at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and, you know, sentient pile of mashed potatoes. (laughs) And we're going to dive all into his role as sort of the Rambo of the culture wars and how much uh, he spends a lot of time and energy writing blog posts for no one. But first... We're going to be talking about one of our favorites, friend of the pod, frankly, yes, yes. Jerry Falwell Jr. All if you go right. back to our original, J. the Ju. inaugural episode of Shitty Christians, mm-hmm. you can hear us talking about Jerry Falwell Jr.'s torrid love affair with pool boys, <laughs> his his descent through Southern Florida nightclubs. Mm-hmm. It really, it's sort his of libido a libido
1: electing Donald Trump, like all of ours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the man's life really is like a fee Brothers film. Like oh. it is it's both comic misadventures and like. <laughs> A little baller, but Jerry Falwell Jr., president of Liberty University, one of the largest Christian universities. Multi-billion
1: dollar diploma mill.
0: Yeah, professional asshat, uh, disgusting human being. Thought. Back in the news. (laughs) Back in the news this week to promote something that has come to be known as
1: Vexit. I'm unfamiliar with Brexit. What? (laughs) Well, you know Brexit? This is worse.
0: (laughs) What Jerry Falwell Jr. was pitching was that certain counties in Virginia who were sick of all this democratic authoritarian control need to secede. Okay to west virginia
1: does he mean the west virginia i'm thinking of
0: (laughs) we should probably clarify i think so because he did this whole like public pr stunt (laughs) with the governor of west virginia so this is what he had to say uh it's pretty special many counties are taking a long long hard look at escaping the barbaric totalitarian corrupt democratic regime in richmond (laughs) that is trampling on the individual rights throughout the state.
1: Democrats get, like, control of Richmond for five fucking <laughs> yeah, minutes. It literally for, like, just got here. Five minutes. And, and like, in that five minutes, they're talking about, we're going to exit. And there's a bunch of ang- hundreds of angry white men. Yeah, he was a support with, of that, with, with that like armed AR-15. protest
0: that happened at the Virginia State Capitol can, as well.
1: Can you imagine that if, like... Hundreds of black men with AR-15s were protesting outside of state capitol?
0: I can only imagine it in my, you know, happiest dream. Yeah, no,
1: I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I support
0: that. <laughs> yeah, and the, the news coverage of that protest, by the way, briefly, literally like five articles being <laughs> like, these protesters picked up all their
1: trash afterwards. Aren't they such nice fellas? Uh, you made this joke earlier, but like, yeah, no, if if like if it was a bunch of black people, the KKK would be called. Yeah, they they would have
0: called the Proud Boys in, which to be fair would have been hilarious. Oh yeah, okay,
1: we got washed. Heart pump Kool Aid
0: on those those guys. Uh,
1: so back to Vexit. Yeah, Powell Jr. sitting down with the governor of West Virginia
0: to to pitch the idea that like. We can't be under this democratic rule. And they said, like, hey, we know it's a long shot, but, you know, it's happened before. West Virginia seceded from Virginia, mm-hmm. so we can do this.
1: The only time they were pro someone being part of the union, I might add that. <laughs> But exactly, uh, I can't
0: wait for when this happens, and then the counties then have to secede from West Virginia Uh to form Little Virginia and then Little, Little Virginia because this is the impulse. There's always going to be something you're upset about. The
1: worst side of the Protestants are like our libertarians who just. Like, form a Baptist church of 100 people, form Second Baptist with 50 people, form Third Baptist with 25, and they're all, like, fighting over, you know, whether it should be King James only or not. Like, this is just the same impulse. Also, you want to join West Virginia? I know. And
0: here's the thing. We're not here to shit on West Virginia. West Virginia is a a state that has been, yeah, absolutely ravaged by the horrors of capitalism, first with the coal mining industry, and then with uh, opiates. Yeah. Uh, We have seen great and terrible horrors we're not here to mock these people like
1: listen it is the same pity i feel for slums i feel for west virginia
0: but also treating west virginia like your salvation insane (laughs) wouldn't you know it this ultimately comes down to jerry falwell jr's bank account because one of the changes that the virginia state senate was considering was some Mm -hmm. changes to uh their their budget that will specifically remove certain provisions not for college students that are trying to go to college it's increasing that but specifically for college students attending private universities Uh. like liberty university and liberty has been able to avoid much of the obama era regulations around these sort of Mm -hmm. online diploma mills specifically because they're private and it's the second largest now, but still one of the largest evangelical universities. Wild. So, Virginia takes one step that would impact 2,000 of their My multiple gosh. tens of thousands of students. And Jerry Falwell Jr. is ready to secede. It's it's pretty incredible. So, Israel. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well,
1: let, we have to start with Mike Pompeo. Okay?
0: Yes, I think that's correct.
1: So, Mike Pompeo has been in the news recently for a bit of a tiff. With an NPR reporter.
0: What is Mike Pompeo's role?
1: Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State.
0: Bootlicker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he is—he is like one of the only men that has been able to stay on the cabinet. He was the entire just like time. in
1: Congress. Like, I actually have to give him some credit. Like that man has been climbing. Like he went from like fucking just random representative mm-hmm. to Secretary of State in like a few years flat. He
0: was the one that mastered the art of being a part of Trump's cabinet, which yeah. is always agree with him, always be yes man, and as we saw. An incredible number of monsters, terrible people who happen to have one bout of conscience with one of the worst presidents of all time. But as these horrible, horrible human beings still dropped out because it was one bridge too far, uh, Mike Pompeo is the guy that's like, no, man, I can always go deeper.
1: No, I mean, he and Pence are definitely cut from the same shitty cloth. I agree with that, but I, I think Pence likes to bring a little bit of
0: reserve to it. Pence likes to pretend he's above it. But Pompeo, he's here for it, man. He
1: loves it. He just... You just keep pouring that down his no, gullet. He definitely has some, like, James Gandolfini meat sweats energy. Like, he's just this, like, fat Italian. But he is one of those guys who has converted to become to being an evangelical Presbyterian. Of course So he, he is a pretty far-right Christian. So anyway, so what he, got into a, he, he got into a thing. An NPR reporter, Mary Louise Kelly, who's pretty great, was interviewing him. It was a nine-minute interview on NPR. You should listen to it if you care about this kind of crap. Um, but basically, she's pushing him on Iran stuff. It's super tense for like nine minutes. She's asking, like, how are you going to keep Iran from getting the bomb? And she's like, we're going to. And she's like, how? And he goes, yeah. don't worry about it. you know what that's an incredible (laughs)
0: policy position
1: so then for like two minutes she asked about ukraine at the end of this nine minute interview and just like well why are you going after ambassador maria yanovich whatever Mm -hmm. her name is and he's like i've backed up my entire my entire team and she's like well this other guy says you have it he's like i'm not gonna comment on that and then she's like trying to push him on this and so basically someone comes in and ends it this is where things get crazy
0: (laughs) Well everything before that sounded super normal so I'm excited.
1: <laughs> so Kelly reported that after this um, one of his aides asked her to come to Pompeo's private quarters without her tape recorder. never do that okay under so, no circumstances oh my, that's bad yeah but as Kelly told all things considered she was never told that things were off the record nor would she have agreed to being off the record Boom. So she can Kelly continued this is her this is her reporting. I was taken to the secretary's private living room where he was waiting and where he shouted at me for about the same amount of time as the interview itself had lasted. <laughs> he was not happy to have been questioned about Ukraine. Yeah. He asked, do you think Americans care about Ukraine? He used the F word in that sentence and many others, which <laughs> is an incredible NPR vibe. Is, oh, man. The, the it, mom NPR energy on that. That's very good. very good. It's very good. He asked if I could find Ukraine on a map. I said yes. <laughs> he called out for his aides to bring him a map of the world with no writing, no countries marked. By the way, who has that all just yeah, on hand?
0: That's incredible. That's
1: weird.
0: I I love that. I hope that some aide had to draw that like freehand <laughs> as quickly as they possibly could before they got more f words hurled her, at them. <laughs>
1: I pointed to Ukraine. <laughs> he put the map away. He said, "People will hear about this." And then he turned and said Uh, he had things to do, I think, for his time, and left. So that's insane.
0: Oh, man. I love that that is the (laughs) dumbest test of all time. Yeah. He was predicating it on the idea that, you know, everyone sucks at geography as bad as I'm sure he does.
1: His office. This is an official State Department letterhead. NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly lied to me twice. First, (laughs) last month in setting up our interview. And then again yesterday in agreeing to have our post-interview conversation off the record. It is shameful that this reporter chose to violate the basic rules of journalism and decency. This is another example of how unhinged the media has become in its quest to hurt President Trump and this administration." And then he ends with a subtweet basically saying, "'It is worth noting that Bangladesh is not Ukraine.'" So he's implying that this woman pointed to Bangladesh, which is near India, instead of Ukraine, which is near Russia. It should be noted. She has a master's degree from Cambridge in European studies. (laughs) So who is this madman? Who is this genius, this brick of lore trying to wrestle <laughs> our discourse away from the like monsters at NPR who are asking questions about foreign policy? He's a Christian. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. He is such a Christian that if you go to his website, uh, a reporter noticed the creation of the State Department's first ever faith-based affinity group, Grace. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm so horrified. That
1: was founded to highlight the value added by the perspective of people and faith in general, and Christians in particular, to the department and its mission. Wow. (laughs) They use government email accounts, department portals, and meeting spaces to organize and advertise. Of course they do. It has hosted events with evangelical speakers and runs a mentorship ministry that brings together pairs of employees to focus on how being a disciple of Christ impacts your professional experience at the State Department.
0: You know what? We should join this program. This is, this is how, this is how we, we need to go deeper in, man. Belly of the beast. I want to be mentored by Mike Pompeo. <laughs> I'm not good enough at yelling at women.
1: On the State Department website, literally with a doc is a speech of his called Being a Christian Leader. One choice quote, but when there is failure, when the people close to me misfire, I don't strip away their responsibilities. I don't cut them out of meetings. I keep them in the fold. <laughs> I keep giving them important work. That's what Christ does for us. We've no obligation to do the same. That's why he's cursing NPR reporters and telling them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, and <laughs> and
0: bringing out like geography quizzes, which I assume is the full extent of his actual <laughs> mentoring. He's just like you walk into a room and it's like, "Here's a map. There's nothing on it."
1: <laughs> well, look, show me Uzbekistan now. That's how he became The Secretary of State. (laughs) I love that this
0: interview is basically, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? just writ across a national stage.
1: So, Israel. (laughs) You might be wondering, why am I now talking about Israel? Because Mike Pompeo is a big Israel hawk, and we'll get into why in a minute. Sure. But he and Trump and Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, they have a new peace plan oh good it's exciting hey that's great i love peace do you we all love peace here's the problem okay israel and palestine have a long and checkered history i'm not gonna spend a ton of time on israel but i think it's actually you know growing up i didn't know much about israel other than we were pro-israel
2: yeah the only democracy
1: in the region i heard that a lot oh yeah big one they were better to women women served in the idf for pete's sake Oh, they, they love... They fucking love women in the IDF they, so
0: much. They, and, like, specifically the hot ones. Oh, like, there's just it's always, It's so creepy. Like, look at this it? hot lady sniper. Isn't she just the coolest? Like, it is really and, weird. And I think
1: what's funny is they're the same people who didn't want women to serve an active duty in the American military.
0: Oh, so, Pompeo, big Israel Hot. Big
1: Israel guy. He's supporting this new thing. Brief background on Israel. There were a bunch of Palestinians there. The British... Basically, were pro Zionism and were sort of pushing a lot of this settlement, but not as pro Zionist as the settlers wanted. And they actually, in the 40s, started attacking British embassies, <laughs> even though they're the ones who allowed for the state of Israel to be created. In 48, Israel declares independence as a Jewish state. They immediately kick out 700,000. Basically indigenous people from the so area. what we basically have is
0: squatting your way into a nation. They just kept moving people and people and people in there. And then one day they woke up and were like, mine now.
1: Yeah. Essentially what you have is America.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: A bunch of people, mostly from Europe. Moved into a place and then kicked out or killed everyone that was there.
0: Wait, I'm confused. I went to public high school, so maybe I'm not getting this. America was empty when we got here. That was that was the whole deal. Untamed wilderness. How convenient. Sea to shining sea, baby.
1: Some Palestinians have stayed. And yeah,
0: in their homes, yeah. in, the, in the place that they have lived for centuries. You don't know say. <laughs>
1: And there were a bunch of borders established, a bunch of U.N. treaties, a bunch of other wars, a bunch of new borders established. It's crazy. If you just go through the history of Israel, it is just like 40s war, 50s war, 60s war, 70s war. But essentially, Israel is supposed to have certain borders. Things like the West Bank are supposed to be for Palestine. And Jerusalem is supposed to be an international city, not exclusively Israeli. And that's why Pompeo and Trump pushing it to be the Israeli capital was a big deal. The U.S. recognizing it as such was not supposed to be because it's a contested city. So since the 80s and an Arab summit in Fez, Palestinian leaders um, have been fighting for international uh, recognition for a state of Palestine and have wanted a two-state solution.
0: Yes, this is the big thing.
1: This is the big thing. This is where we are at now. Polls have consistently shown that Israeli and Palestinian majorities are in favor of a two-state settlement. Yes. America does not recognize the state of Palestine. What? Yes. And so their new peace plan, by the way, no Palestinian input. They were not present in any of the talks or negotiations. It was people like the Kushners who have close ties to Israel. It was Mike Pompeo. It was the Trump administration. It was Netanyahu. So this was a peace plan yes. involving Israel and
0: Palestine. Yes. In which Palestine was in no way at the table. No. And the only people that were at the table were Jared Kushner and his cadre of Trump ass hats. Yes. And Netanyahu a war criminal yes and now they have come to the table (laughs) to declare
1: hey we've got a peace plan but that peace plan is not great so basically Israel wants it all yeah Israel wants basically more of the West Bank they want to continue to building settlements they want the settlements they have built that were illegal since then in Palestinian territory to be recognized and they want to give Palestine a state okay fine you think it's tiny whatever it's theirs but they don't actually want to give them a state. They want to give them what is called a state minus.
0: Yeah, that literally came from Netanyahu's mouth. literally, Netanyahu said state minus. Incredible. So the two-state solution is really a state and state minus solution. And also...
1: It's separate but unequal. It's worse than apartheid. You acknowledge. <laughs> it's worse than Jim Crow. You acknowledge that you're lesser in it. Yeah. Jim Crow at least said you're equal. You weren't, but it said it. This is immediately saying you don't get an army. You don't get a navy. You are less than.
0: Absolutely. And so it, it is a peace plan in which one, per, one side gets everything they want and the other yes. side gets fucked.
1: Yeah, essentially.
0: And then yes. I watched this today. Jared Kushner has the audacity <laughs> to hop on news networks to just neg the entire state of Palestine for like <laughs> – a while. This was like this six minute oh, clip God. where he was like, you know, this is a really great opportunity for them if they come to the table and negotiate this thing that has already been decided by other people. Then like they could get something great out of it. But you know, they've been screwing up their entire history. Like he's literally saying, like, oh yeah, they, every decision they've ever made has been terrible. So I don't know if it's gonna happen.
1: It's really weird when the nictitating membrane flashes across <laughs> yeah. his eyes, but he doesn't blink. It's really, it's really unsettling. Uh,
0: and. <laughs> that guy just hopping on, on cable news to be like, well, you know, they should really take this deal.
1: They can't even be like the Bush administration or the Obama administration at its worst moments of like putting a gloss on it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you get to be state minus, honey. You should take the deal. Yeah, well, it's like, as good as you're going to get. It's, it's very strange. The negging is a very good pull for it because it is, it's negging. It's like, well, you suck and you don't have any money and we keep shooting you. So you yeah. should probably. We keep <laughs> shooting
0: you with high powered weapons when you're throwing rocks at us so yeah
1: that seems fair we keep murking your children who are playing soccer so the question here why are christians as a whole the most rabid zionists yeah so in the world we've
0: covered pompeo we've covered pompeo we've covered, we've covered israel this peace treaty this heavy treaty. quotes peace treaty um what we haven't covered is why christians are so on israel's so dick in
1: America, though,
0: i grew up hearing a lot that like it was a miracle of God. Israel, this uh, diaspora, that there's no other nation that is reformed in this way, and that this speaks to the promises of God holding true across millennia. Right. Blah, de blah, de blah. Right. I heard this a lot growing So up. we have to be friends of Israel because it's part of God's
1: plan. Pompeo, he speaks at a group called Christians United for Israel. Mm-hmm. That is run by a guy named John Hagee, and he serves as the head pastor of an 18,000-member church in San Antonio. He hosts his own television program that's seen twice a day on TBN, and he argues that the U.S. must join Israel in a preemptive military strike against Iran to fulfill Ooh. God's plan for both Israel and the West. Gross. Pompeo spoke there, and, my sp- and Pence spoke to them in 2017. So this is, like, embedded in our foreign policy. So why are evangelicals like this? mister Netanyahu has embraced evangelical support for his right-wing policies, and sees evangelicals as more reliable allies of Israel than American Jews. Uh, why do evangelicals act like this? I think is a big question. If you are a civilian, if you are just a normal person, uh, and I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to have to describe theology for a second.
0: Yep, here we go. Drop um, in, folks. This
1: is because of something called dispensational premillennialism. <laughs> And this is where we lose 90%. You know it's important because
0: there's so many suffixes attached to it.
1: And it's the belief that Jesus will physically return to the world, mm-hmm. a literal thousand-year golden age of peace. The doctrine is called premillennialism because it holds his physical return will occur prior to the inauguration of the millennium. It is based upon the literal interpretation of Revelation 21. Now, if that sounds insane, you're right. If you're <laughs> lost, good. I went to the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Never do that. In dispensational premillennialism, Christ's kingdom is not future, is future, not present. Its time frame is a thousand years, is literal, not symbolic. It will be material and immaterial. It will be headquartered in the city of Jerusalem in Israel on earth. Boom. Israel will be glorified among the nations. The church will be present, reigning with Christ, but still distinct from Israel. That's weird. Likely. (laughs) Evangelicals, therefore, look for the return of Jews to Palestine. The formation of a state of Israel in 1948 was a great cause of celebration for certain parts of of American and British Christianity.
0: To be fair... We have been big fans of imperialism here in America for a long time. <laughs> this is not a change up for us. Placing minority populations from their homes or displacing all-
1: majority populations yeah, from their yeah, homes. It's fair, fair. And, <laughs> but they also expect Jews will finally acknowledge that Jesus is their messiah. Yeah, this effect, is a really great. They part. will convert to Christianity. And this is Christian Zionism. It's a belief among Christians that the return of Jews to the Holy Land and the establishment of the state of the Israel with prophecy and that that means that Jesus can come back now.
0: Yeah. So the whole idea here is that for Jesus's plan to work, Mm -hmm. we need to commit war crimes.
1: Yep. You have to get rid
0: of all the Palestinians. Yeah. You have to send all the Jews back. Yep. You have to get rid of all the Palestinians and the work of God in the end times is directly based on you right now. Yes. Being an asshole.
1: Yeah. So, basically, the Jews are essentially a Horcrux, and if we get them <laughs> back into the state of Israel, we trigger, we trigger the end times, and then everything is cool. And
0: then it's and great. then
1: they become Christians, and then Jesus comes back, and everything is. In some ways, that is, is, is the sweet.
0: most magical like, part so, of all of it. It's, it's just like so
1: Christian magic.
0: I mean, I love it. You love to see it, uh, except for all of the horrible atrocities.
1: Okay, so clearly we need to take this specific ethnic group and put them in this one specific geographic location, and then we unlock Jesus. My Xbox,
0: Xbox gamer score just went way up. Uh, that is Christian Zionism. That is why you have this really, really weird thing that we grew up with and yes. that's is still very present both in individual churches and denominations, mm-hmm. but also all the way up to the Secretary of State. And Jerry Kushner and all of those asshats.
1: Yeah. And those people. That's why we are rapidly supportive of Israel, and that's why we basically support what some people have called the genocide against the Palestinian people. And I I would agree with that interpretation.
0: Uh, I don't think it's an interpretation. I think it's a fact. The question is, you know, do you think that's an acceptable thing? And for these people, it's it's. It's not only acceptable; it's necessary. Let's Let's move on to something lighter, you know, yeah, a little bit fun. a little bit more snazzy, uh, something <laughs> like, you know, satanic miscarriages. <laughs> You know, you know, those those things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about Paula White now. Paula White, spiritual advisor to President Trump. Obviously. They've been friends for a long time. She bought an apartment in the Trump Tower. She led Bible studies. Okay. That President Trump claims to have attended. No. Uh Fake Which news. somehow, somehow I don't think quite happened. But she was early on the Trump train. Yes. She came in strong. And in many ways, it makes sense that she would be one of the main spiritual advisors to the president. She is a prosperity gospel preacher. Ah. Uh, Quickly, for those of you who are sane, uh, prosperity (laughs) gospel is very much what if you took all of the Bible, chucked it in the trash, (laughs) and then said that what Jesus came here to do is to make you lots of money and make you happy and healthy. That that is the entire. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's an easy pitch, right? Yeah, no, like, Uh, what are we doing
1: on this podcast?
0: Jesus is your angel investor, Uh, but weirdly, (laughs) as it turns out, the way that you make this happen is by giving Paula White money.
1: No, I think that makes sense. I see. (laughs) It's simple. It's direct.
0: it all tracks. So Paul White has made an entire career out of this thing. And there are many other people that do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosperity theology is one of the grossest examples of twisting scripture. Oh, sure. Uh, because it's, it's it is very riff. much an absolute inversion. Like, you know, what did Jesus com- promise? Uh, life with him and probably poverty and suffering. Uh what what does Paula White say? Jesus Christ wants to make you a rich man. She is just moving those camels through the eye of the needle, <laughs> just constantly. That's she's just, just shotgunning. Got, she's just got a them. camel express lane, like the <laughs> Elon Musk uh, Tesla yes. uh, tunnel, like that. That's just Paula White, just moving moving rich people to heaven. Uh, so she has been exploiting poor people her entire career. Sure. Uh, she has been investigated by the FBI. Uh, her first husband got arrested. She's currently married to the keyboardist for Journey.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Which
0: is pretty rad. You
1: kind of have to acknowledge pretty that's rad. sweet. Good for them. Uh,
0: They're,
1: good. They're a cool couple. She
0: seems happy. She had a really hard upbringing. Like, I'll give her okay. that. Like, there was, there was a lot of terrible stuff that happened in her childhood. Yeah. And in many ways, she has made good. It's just that that making good has come at the expense of doing things like promising people that if you send her $229, you will receive a prophetic word from God. Wow. Or when you send her money, that that goes in a bank account that you get, then get to pick back up in heaven. So you actually can take it <laughs> with you. You just need to give it away now. So she, she is in some ways, if Obama's invocational speaker was Rick Warren, who was the purpose-driven life guy, like then it makes perfect sense that Paula White would, gave the invocation at like Trump's ceremony. So Paula White hit national news this week okay. for a clip. And this clip was of her delivering a prayer and this prayer got a little weird.
2: We cancel every surprise from the witchcraft in the Marine Kingdom. Any hex, any spell, any witchcraft, any spirit of control, any Jezebel, anything that the enemy desires through, through spells, through witchcraft. Through any way that is manipulation, demonic manipulation, we curse that we break it according to the word of God in the name of Jesus. We come against the marine kingdom. We come against the animal kingdom. Any uh, the woman that rides upon the waters, we break the power in the name of Jesus, and we declare that any strange winds, any strange winds that have been sent to hurt the church, sent against this nation, sent against our president, sent against myself, sent against others, we break it by the. superior blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus we arrest every infirmity, affliction, fatigue weariness, weakness, fear sickness, any self-righteousness any self-serving action God, let pride fall let pride fall let pride fall let pride fall in the name of Jesus, we command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now we declare that anything that's been conceived in satanic wombs, that it'll miss Carry, It will not be able to carry forth any plan of destruction, any plan of
1: harm. I'm really moved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, th- I think it's important to say she's a good speaker. She brings, she's got a lot of energy no ums, no ahs.
0: Uh, kind of but you can also see the parts where like her brain can't quite catch up like that like <laughs> we pray against pride we pray against pride like i've heard that in sure. battle raps before <laughs> where like you you ran out of you ran out of line so you got to give yourself a second to get your next next little bit if you were at all like me You were a little surprised to hear her praying against the Marine Kingdom. What did the Marine Kingdom do? Maybe, maybe her prayers actually worked because we've been fighting against the Marine Kingdom for a while now and we are winning.
1: Yo, Australia, they can't conquer the shit out of the animal kingdom. Yeah, it is wild, wild stuff. Don't you hate it, ladies, when you have a satanic pregnancy? (laughs) She
0: hopped on uh, Twitter to explain that, hey, 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 guys, guys, this was a metaphor. Not talking about mm-hmm. actual pregnancies. I sure. would never want to end a human life. I'm just, I'm just talking about, you know, the way that everything in our entire world that isn't us is controlled by demons. And we, we <laughs> need to pray against that. And that's, uh, that really is what it comes down to. I'm going to go to a Twitter thread from Brandon Smee. Brandon Smee is an ex-charismatic, and now okay. he's a, se- a seminarian in an Episcopal uh, seminary. And he has a lot of experience with Paula White and her neo-charismatic movement. Okay. And so he was able to help us. I did not understand any of this, but he had a lot of information. So the idea that you would be praying about... Uh, The animal kingdom or the marine kingdom or (laughs) taking over the dolphins, like all that stuff. That comes from this idea of a teaching called Word of Faith. Okay. he says it's related to the so-called law of attraction. Among neo-charismatics, this teaching says that declaring things with faith will make them come, which is sort of the fundamental element. That is the law of attraction. And it's it's very definitively the basis of prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. If you pray it, it will come. So what happens when you pray things and they don't happen? Your faith declaration is being countered by demonic forces. Oh, sure. Yeah. So you engage in spiritual warfare where you name the spirits and use sources of authority to command them to stop. Mm. And so some of these teachers take on metaphoric language from the animal world to describe these demonic forces. So This is literally his example. For example, an octopus spirit might cling to you or a snake spirit might keep you on the ground or make you feel cold-blooded. She's based in Florida where praying against marine spirits is common. It comes from a broader belief that the entire world has been demonized. And so when she refers to something like a satanic Mm -hmm. miscarriage, he's arguing and she argued that, you know, they're more talking about the work of demons in the world and, and things that they would call witchcraft. And and that's fine. I will accept that she was not literally talking about aborting babies.
1: Listen, hands off my demonic womb. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: That might sound like we're giving her a pass on this. Like we're saying like, oh, you know, she was in fact speaking figuratively. The point that I'm trying to make is it's actually so much worse. It's actually (laughs) so much worse than literally talking about causing women to miscarry because their unborn children are full of demons. Uh, Because what she actually believes is that you and I and all of us are in fact demon controlled. Literally the entire world that is not part of Paula White's specific religious organization, when she's talking about people that are moving against Donald Trump, which Mm -hmm. of course she is a big supporter of, or moving against her. What she's saying is that we are all under control by demonic forces and only by naming marine spirits and praying against us can she defeat us, who are literally in this case the demons from accomplishing our work
1: well i got a promotion today yeah right
0: (laughs) best job i ever had so we are in need of exorcism which i will say i'll do it for the pod if paula white wants to exercise me i will do that for this podcast and i i think the thing that i would have to say is like it really speaks to the idea that you have a pitch Mm -hmm. jesus will make you fabulously wealthy so then you have to create a reason your pitch isn't working right everything is demons And then in order to pull that off, you need to make every other thing in the entire world your enemy. Jesus, as you may recall, may be recommended once or twice to go out into the world and love people. To love the world that he created.
1: You know, I always like it, though, when massive political movements are tied to treating their opponents like they're inhuman. They're different kinds of beings. You know, maybe animalistic. That ends well
0: i love you know yeah it, it's always it's great thing. and i love that we have three <laughs> different figureheads now yeah all connected to trump you have jerry falwell jr mm-hmm. noted trump supporter uh and you have mike pompeo obviously we covered that yes. now you have paul white all from three different angles arriving at the yes. same conclusion yes. that donald trump is the answer to these problems g i wonder Gee, I wonder how you could end up there from such different theological backgrounds, unless maybe— Same, By
1: the way, so too Netanyahu.
0: Of course. Very different theological uh, background. Not that different. <laughs> maybe it has something to do with these people don't actually believe anything yeah, well, except yeah. the access it gives them to power and control. And specifically, in Paula White's case, for you to send uh, people your money. Last thing I'm going to say about Paula White, she has a diss track. Wait, What? Somebody wrote a diss track about Paula White specifically. It's not a good <laughs> rap song, but it is incredible just as a concept. And I listened to the whole thing today. Are it's, you saying it doesn't reach the heights of DC Talk? This is called, <laughs> uh, Hilariously, I got more comments about my DC Talk love than anything else on our last episode. <laughs> people, people are here for DC Talk. And here's what I'm going to say. Good. They're talking reunion tour. We could oh, make this. A, our first shitty Christians meetup could be at a DC Talk reunion concert. I want to make that happen. So yeah, False Teachers by Shyline. We'll we'll throw that in at the end. Our last and final topic, my friend. Oh, wow.
1: You know, the real journey were the
0: assholes we met along the way. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to go out with what might still be the chief asshole out of all of them. Somehow. Bruce Ashford is the professor of theology and culture at southeastern baptist theological seminary okay he's the dean of students there wow he's been working there since 2003 the second he got his phd from there they I, immediately hired him a very
1: that's, normal thing in academic institutions love it you love to see it <laughs> when he was a phd student he was known for one having like so much clout already on the way he was known as juicy brucey
0: Well, I think that was specifically about how hot he was. Well,
1: yeah, because he was also, number two, the eligible bachelor. He was unmarried. He was like made to his late 20s being unmarried in evangelical culture. Which just meant that like women were just falling all over him,
0: which is incredible because if you look at a picture of this man, and like we would never, we would never no. stoop so low as to insult not. the physical appearance of somebody. No, you know, we're here to argue about ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to encounter concepts. Yes, but also this dude's face looks like a craft single with a low grade fever. <laughs> like this guy. This guy looks like the human version of like a bot fly larvae mm-hmm. that was himself burrowed into a bot fly larvae like he is just the most gormless maggot in the carcass. Like it is, it is ridiculous how boring white dude porridge brained this guy looks.
1: Underneath every picture of him, it says unpictured.
0: Yeah, it it is the arrested <laughs> okay. development thing for sure. And and so yeah, Juicy Brucey, we grew up in and around that
1: seminar. Oh yeah. I've met Bruce Ashford numerous times. I, I have heard tales of him. He was he was the dude. He was known as like, man, this guy's fucking sharp. He's the future.
0: I don't think they used that language when they were describing him.
1: And so who is he now? So
0: yeah, he's been doing this thing for too many years. Writes a blog called Christianity for the Common Good. Wow. And his whole thing is that he realized Mm -hmm. that culture was not Christian enough, and he needs to get Christianity to engage with the culture.
1: Okay, so he's recognizing a real problem. For the last 100 years, Christianity has shit the bed. It's been bad, it's been bad in politics. Been bad at movies and music. It, <laughs> How dare you! It has been bad at literally being Christians. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that I'll agree with. Okay, so who is he now? He he's. In many ways, the face of the Southern Baptist Convention. He gets trotted out as a pundit pretty regularly. He's the guy, if NPR needs a quote, Mm -hmm. or the Washington Post, uh, he claims he was in USA Today. Couldn't find that one. So he both is this thing and maybe not quite as much this thing as he would like to be. Uh, But he has a regular Fox News opinion article because, of course, he does. He's written for the Daily Signal because, of course, he has. He's
1: been thrust to the center. He is basically... But they would say. He is their legitimate guy. He's not Jerry Falwell Jr. He is like, he's had a real education.
0: Yeah, if if Jerry Falwell Jr. is a charlatan, if Paula White is obviously on her face, <laughs> not even a Christian, uh, and he would decry both of those people, yeah. like he is supposed to be down-home, mainstream Christianity. And not yeah. only that, he is the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed face of the organization. Yeah. And he is... Working at one of the larger Southern Baptist seminaries. He is an elder at J.D. Greer's church, who we yes. already spoke about. He is, yes. he is in the power structure and he's young. He's not going anywhere. No, he's, this is. This is a man that could quite possibly be the president of the SBC at some point. I'd
1: be surprised if he wasn't. Yeah. He's a power broker in the SBC.
0: And his whole deal is about <laughs> how we need to be more engaged with the culture, which sounds good. Yeah. I love okay. that. Okay. But then you look at some of those takes. So I just went through and pulled a few of his articles. We're not even going to get into it really. But why Marxism is the opium of the intellectuals.
1: I like that he replaced the word masses with intellectuals.
0: Yeah. I personally, let me just say. If anyone's got some, like, Marxism that they want to crush up and ship to me in a little baggie, I am so here for it. I would love to snort some Marxism with you, Bruce Ashford. An open letter to the cartoonist who mocked Kavanaugh's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Eight reasons Planned Parenthood is detrimental
1: to society. I just donated $8 to Planned Parenthood.
0: <laughs> yeah, And yeah, yeah. a five-part article series about pronouns and transgender people in
1: bathrooms. He thinks Jesus would dead name people. He is convinced. Yeah, that is is the basic take. He is convinced that Jesus would be like Bruce Jenner. The (laughs) man
0: is a machine of blog writing. He pops up. Everywhere, Gospel Coalition, uh, Newsweek—like mm-hmm. he just constantly showing up. He, I swear to God, his entire day is just writing blog articles and tweeting about his blog articles. Oh There's yeah. so much content. And if you actually look at the content, it's hugely repetitive. He will literally lift paragraphs from other blogs to put. Oh in. yes, it is. It is super inane. And it I love just, that he does things
1: that would get you flunked out of a PhD.
0: Oh, of course. If if he had a real yeah, one, right, that right. might matter. Uh, <laughs> it is insufferably written. It is just. We wanted to spend maybe more time on some of the specific articles. Oh, yeah, and we'll get into a couple of yeah, them. Yeah. But including is just my favorite so, for shortly. <laughs> so challenging to read his words.
1: Well, I think what's funny is like he is a bad writer. <laughs> He's a terrible writer. He just like he just he says a thing. He quotes a couple of obscure motherfuckers, European last names.
0: Oh, he, he'll he pick one up for like a year. And every other oh, article dude. for that year will be the one book he actually like, read. This
1: Flemish monk basically said uh, everyone who's gay should be tarred and feathered. I agree. Like, <laughs> that is most of his articles.
0: And But here's the thing is like he would never say tarred and feathered because he wants to seem like a centrist. Yeah. He writes a lot of articles about how He's like desperate. conservatism and progressivism are both different sides of the same coin. What we need to find is another path and we'll get to that. But before to that, you found I think the perfect article.
1: My favorite article of his, polygamy, robot sex, are consequences of the sexual revolution. Dun,
0: dun, dun. You know, what's funny about that is I hear that article and I hear the sexual revolution was fucking rad. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like,
1: like, oh, fuck.
0: I get robot they... sex? Are you kidding me? That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, just, just Just give, me, surprise, just give me some flavor. Pay me a Paint me a word. He picture. starts out.
1: We knew things would get a little freaky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bruce Ashford has never encountered he any longs freakiness
1: so hard. Oh
0: yeah. This guy dreams of kink.
1: We knew things would get a little freaky, but maybe we didn't know it would involve an upswing in polygamy, amorous activities with plastic women, or cuddling sessions with electric candelabra. Dun, but dun, that dun, is dun. the state of affairs as we pl- approach Valentine's Day. Yep weird segue well i what i love is
0: i love is that he got like 150 bucks to write a valentine's day article and this is the direction he takes it like the pitch was literally like write something about love for valentine's day and he was like chandelier sucks
1: his wife probably loved this article
0: uh his wife was like yeah i've seen his google history so i know that the man is erotically attracted to chandeliers why else would you be talking about this
1: yeah how do you encounter this in the wild he writes. Recently, Inside Edition ran a story on Amanda Liberty, 33, of Leeds, England, who married her favorite chandelier, Liberty, who, <laughs> identifi- finally understood myself. Liberty, who identifies as objectum sexual, says she just knew she would marry Lumiere the moment she first saw her. <laughs> she first right, her right. on eBay. Shoutouts,
0: Beauty and the Beast, on that. Lumiere, <laughs> good pull, good
1: honor. In spite of the marriage, Liberty remains in an open relationship with her collection of more than twenty lighting fixtures. That's all that we need to say from the article. But fuck you, man. Yeah, You're it's just so good. being rude to to here's the thing. Amanda, I support you. Yeah. Good for you. She's not hurting anybody. Who cares? Who cares? Let it go. Why would it matter? Yeah, I am sorry, Bruce Did she come to your fucking little piss ant. Classroom and come in there and say that you can't fucking quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but say you disagree with him because you believe actually just war is awesome. Did she come in there and say no and bring Lumiere and say actually pacifism is the only way forward? No, she didn't do that, motherfucker.
0: Let me me tell you, people out there in the world humping sconces, way better than Bruce Ashford, (laughs) doing a lot more good in the world. So You bring up the sexual revolution. That's going to rear its head in a different way than this, you know, cute, funny article about chandeliers. (laughs) I read what in many ways was the best article I've read from Bruce Ashford. And it was about encountering domestic abuse in the church. Okay. And he has eight points that he makes. I'm not going to read all of them. But it starts off really good. Uh, Legitimately not being sarcastic. The first thing he says is recognize the multifaceted nature of abuse. Meaning you can't just talk about physical abuse. You have to acknowledge emotional, financial, control. Like... He says, reject the temptation to dismiss victims, recognize the effects on domestic victims and their children, and talks about how like PTSD can cause a lot of behaviors that may not make a lot of sense to you if you haven't encountered this before. Like legitimately, three very good points in a row that could have a lot of value because as we know, like domestic abuse is as much a problem in the church as it is in the rest of the world. Starts to get a little weird towards the end. No matter the church's view on divorce, it should be comfortable with separation. I understand that he's speaking into a reality that he doesn't totally control, Mm -hmm. but the Bible makes very, very clear it is legitimate to get divorced in cases of abuse. Totally. This is not up for debate. No evangelical christians love to say that divorce is always wrong
1: they love to do the catholic thing of like well even if he's abusing you you should try to reconcile yeah
0: and so he's he's saying like hey 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 we should still be okay with separation when the correct answer is absolutely not you should be comfortable with divorce like whatever you believe about what marriage is that covenant which is how they would describe it has clearly been broken at the point where somebody is being abusive where it really gets interesting understand the correlation between the sexual revolution and domestic abuse. Oh! Yeah,
1: it's not that that's amazing? That's not good. And he says,
0: there is a correlation between pornography use and adultery and domestic violence. Listen, For I'm me. not even here to dispute that claim. What I am I'll here to say- I'll dispute it, but please Yeah, continue. it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. The yeah. point is like, oh yes, domestic abuse well-known didn't exist until the 1960s.
1: <laughs> yes, before pornography, men never hit anyone. Yeah, and before
0: <laughs> the sexual revolution, men never had affairs. <laughs> the entire
1: premise of Mad Men, <laughs> it's
0: just a fair
1: the show. I
0: like the idea that Bruce Ashford's entire like worldview is so fragile that yeah. he could watch an episode of Mad Men and just be unspooled. <laughs> like, he couldn't make it through. It would break him. Well, first of all, he'd
1: see Jon Hamm. Yeah. And <laughs> would immediately, as a man who hates gay people, would immediately
0: have to wreck him with that it kind of comes down to this it's always a sexual revolution yeah. it's always communism and i found an incredible <laughs> my favorite thing
1: Oh my god man
0: uh you know we're gonna say a lot of terrible things about him he had some things to say about democratic socialists which is what we oh, call ourselves he wrote about me this is how that article opens a libertarian a socialist and a nationalist walk into the bar I <laughs> he's never know. been in a bar <laughs> i only know because they told everyone within two minutes that's a joke that's not me saying that's a joke. He says that's a joke in the article. This it's is Bruce always Ashford funny when you being witty Isn't being super witty. This is as good as it gets. He thinks he's being cute. This is the level <laughs> of writing that we are dealing with people. And then he goes on to say he's like, hey, you know these these Bernie guys, they, you know, uh, they seem to want some good things, but you know what you know what's going to be best for the most people? A free market.
1: (laughs) You know what I love? Is that he's basically just saying it like, I have not considered the benefits of the free market. Like, I don't sit and think like, yeah, okay. Like, the free market actually does two or three good things. I love it. He
0: says, conservatives have always given two cheers for capitalism, but not three, because we have a low view of human nature and recognize the need to always be on guard against the corruptions and crony behavior that warp the market. Oh, you mean capitalism?
1: Yeah, I was say, you mean like your, uh, your lord and savior, Donald Trump? Yeah, it's just... No, noted fighter wild. against the corruption of It is capitalism. a wild
0: take to say that, like, no, capitalism needs to be protected so that the free market can flourish. But also, we live in one of the eras of least oh, just government regulation concludes. over private business. You know, we literally live in the era where money is speech and corporations are people. Like, we've yeah. been here for a decade. It's
1: the wine cave era.
0: Uh, it is. It's, it is the wine cave millennium mm-hmm. that we are living in. Yes which has resulted in all of these terrible things, is yep. the thing he says, no, no,
1: no, we just need a little more protection. No, 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 he basically thinks it's okay The 40% of people who get cancer go bankrupt. That's the free market.
0: Baby, That that's just...
1: That is definitely demand.
0: He legitimately had a thing, and we're not going to get into all of this, where he was like, the reason socialism is bad is because it doesn't have an answer for human suffering. Christianity, you can find meaning in suffering because it brings you closer to God, but socialism just says your life is terrible if you're suffering. So, like socialism bad, religion good, because. Yeah,
1: you know, it's true. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he just gave them pamphlets, he gave them, he gave them tracks.
0: <laughs> it, w- it was a voucher. Uh, you get the meal once you buy the timeshare. <laughs>
1: Fucking asshole. Imagine being
0: a dude and your whole life is writing five blog posts a day, half a dozen books, 15 mm-hmm. bad Twitter takes, mm-hmm. and you do all of this work, legitimately time, energy, yep. effort, to end up in the same place as every douchebag that's ever owned a Chevy. Like,
1: <laughs> every ick on the bumper of a car.
0: It's incredible how, like, his takes are so anodyne and bad. It's always centrism, but it's not really centrism. It's always, the mm-hmm. problem is always the sexual revolution. The prob- problem is always the capitalism is, doesn't get to be capitalism problem is always enough. the
1: Marxist. By the way, what I love, though, is he essentially says, with marxism and then we'll move forward is that marxism is bad because it displaces god from the center but capitalism is good you know what's at the center of capitalism you insipid pudding man you empty suit do you know what it is it's money it always has been
0: we're gonna talk a little bit about like okay so this man is here to decry trans people in their bathrooms he's written about why the pronoun pronoun argument matters (laughs) uh he's here to decry chandelier humpers Uh, he's here to decry a lot of things. What is he about? Zach, take me through. What does this man want
1: to establish in its stead? I I think the thing that means he's not just a, I mean, he is, but he he isn't just the centrist. He isn't just a like small government capitalist. He is obsessed with something very particular. He writes a lot about how Christianity has been displaced. So I'm going to do a little bit of it. Christianity, he writes, has been displaced from the default position and is now positively contested by countless religions, ideologies, and takes. So that's interesting.
0: That's very interesting. Hold that
1: in your head for a second. He's upset. Christianity isn't default. You yeah. aren't isu- You aren't born and issued your, your crucifix. It's it's really weird because, one, Christianity
0: has never really been default. As of powerful as it has been across human history, it has been a perversion of our faith that has taken no. that yeah. thing. And I'm not saying that for, to deny the no, incredible a amount of guy power.
1: who would fucking hate Catholics. It's an interesting point. It's a
0: really weird take. And also... You know what's been great for Christianity? The moments when <laughs> Roman emperors were really into it. Super good for the, the yes. work and, and mission of Jesus Christ when it's attached to all of this power the and control. Tip
1: of a sword is usually the way, best way to do <laughs> missions. He writes later, European societies uh, are <laughs> hitty, just an icky phrase, yeah. should return to the understanding that moral order is framed in relation to creation order, political order is ordained by God. So... Already creepy. Yeah. He continues, in the contemporary West, elite power players have colluded. Oh no. <laughs> There's a, I feel like he's hinting at something there. there we probably shouldn't investigate that anymore. No, have colluded to rip sacred order out from underneath social order, causing social death and decay. So yeah. you are you might be feeling icky. He's, he, he's building to something here. The West should reject the revolutionary impulse and revive the Judeo-Christian worldview. As bringing order to chaos.
0: There it is.
1: Ding, 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 ding. So. His whole point,
0: real quick. All of our political systems, everything yep. we have, uh, doesn't have value because it doesn't have enough Jesus in it. It doesn't have the connection to the transcendent morality of mm-hmm. our faith. Yes. Those are his words, not ours. Yes. He's a cook with only one ingredient. His answer is always, add Jesus.
1: He's not just adding Jesus. He's adding his Jesus. Oh, he is course. adding the Jesus that the Pharisees thought would come and take over Rome. Yeah, he's adding white Roman Jesus to
0: everything. <laughs> white Jesus is Bruce Ashford's like actual Twitter handle. All right. Take me through this. So what
1: this means, essentially, is... He is, tr- the whole thesis is he is trying to create, he wants the government to be Christian fascist. And that might seem like a big claim, but if you look at it, fascism... Wants to return to an imagined past. It's obsessed with small groups of people changing things for the worst. Mm-hmm. It wants to return to this uniform past that doesn't exist, and it demands order out of chaos. Order
0: is a huge order and hierarchy we've talked order about order and before. European
1: society. Yes, and and sort of this like
0: past unified, like say before the sexual revolution. Yes, everything. Like, and
1: he wants Christian Roman Jesus. To essentially rule us, well, he's not physically here. So what he wants is himself. He is the skim milk Mussolini who basically, <laughs> because he's a powerful Christian, wants Christians to be powerful because he would be king. He would be Il Duce. He, that is his entire argument, is that we return to the 1950s when men were in charge and women were quiet and Christianity was the rule of the day. And, and by the he, way, it wasn't the case back then, but in his mind. Not
0: unlike so much of modern politics, the all right right now. He will deny these claims over no. and over and over again. But He'll that's say, what it is. He's got this whole theory of spheres where mm-hmm. like, oh, there's the political sphere and the yeah. religious sphere. And he uh, God would put all these different spheres in their place. And he's never going to say, I want theocracy. Right. But what when he says things like Christianity has been removed from its default position in our culture and we need mm-hmm. to put it back, yep. what he's saying is... Absolutely a theocratic statement.
1: He's saying that while Trump and Pompeo are in the presidency. He believes they are not Christian fascist enough. Yeah. I think you can't avoid that. Like, he wants to be king. He wants to be, like, the shapeless boy king oh, of yeah. America. He
0: he is so ready to be uh, Game of Thrones' little cake king. He
1: wants to be Joffrey. Yeah, he
0: wants to be Joffrey, baby. He wants the power. He wants to crossbow some hookers. Like...
1: He definitely has.
0: Uh, no, here's the thing. That would involve, like, actually doing anything. Well, this, yeah. This man is a keyboard warrior. Unlike
1: Jesus, he's never met a hooker.
0: <laughs> Bruce Ashford, I think, if, if you're wondering why, we've talked about a lot of terrible people. Yeah. Uh, Paula White stealing money from the poor. Jerry mm-hmm. Falwell helping put Trump on the throne. Mike Pompeo right. using the power of evangelical mm-hmm. culture to justify yeah. horrible, horrible things happening in, in Israel and Palestine. Like, why is it this guy that we're the most offended by in some ways? And I think it's just because those other people are out and out villains. They're pretty pretty stupid and honest Mm -hmm. about what they're about. (laughs) Bruce Ashford is the man that wants to cover it all up, that is, in many ways, the face of like mainstream Christianity. Uh, And he is part of the power structures like J.D. Greer that are in many ways trying to address the ills of the church. And it is really, really problematic that this is the dude that Mm -hmm. you're counting on to help institute those changes because he's not going to help you. He wants to take the Patterson thing one step further. It's not enough to have a conservative takeover of the denomination. He now has to take that denomination and have a conservative takeover of our entire culture. And thankfully, I'll say this, thankfully, he's losing. Oh, yeah. Like, Southern Baptists are bleeding. Oh, yeah. Even just as a denomination, before you encounter anything else, like, this is a dying thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, goodness gracious, is he just... Once you strip past all of the terrible language and the yeah. bad jokes and the "oh, I'm so cute and clever" and look at my Parks and Rec yeah. reference and all of that, and get down to the base of it, he says we need Christianity at the center of our culture. Yep. And where's where's the center of our culture? Where the power is, and he wants the power. Okay, so that's all that's all our main topics, but we have we we gotta have our cool down period, baby. Yeah. We've been we've been running hot Oof. for a while now.
1: Oof. It's time to time to take a break. Put it on, Do- put, put, put on my silk robe.
0: Yeah, put down that coffee, pick up that chamomile, and and let's talk a little bit about our prayer requests, praises, and unspokens. Why don't
1: you go first this week? What's feeding you, Michael?
0: Okay, so the thing that I have really been enjoying this week, this is a praise, is a man by the name of Ben Wildflower. Okay. Uh, ben Wildflower is a woodcutter, and okay. he makes uh, a lot of different kinds of art. Uh, he's a printmaker. Uh, he made some shirts. And I purchased some of these shirts. Okay. And these shirts have been making me really happy. Uh, So the first one I bought from him was an Eat the Rich shirt. Uh, (laughs) But it's not just that. It has like a medieval era like wolf monster like chowing down on a businessman on it. It's just really good. And, like, that's literally excellent. the first time I wore it out, like, somebody was like, where did you get that? And went home and bought it, which was Okay, adorable.
1: that's just really uh, nice.
0: But he also, like, there's a religious component to his work. Uh, mm-hmm. I, think, I think he might be Catholic. Some of it's inspired by, like, Catholic ideology. So he's got, like, Magnificat mm-hmm. quote, where yeah. it's uh, cast down the mighty, fill the hungry, lift the lowly, and send the rich away. Oh. And he's got it with a, an image of Mary uh, stepping on a snake in the skull with her hand up. Awesome, which is pretty baller, and he's also got one. It's a image of a candle, and it says this little light of mine is for burning down prisons. Uh, wow, it's just, yeah. that's awesome. It's it's just it's it's got a great look. He does great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy to pick up a couple of that, and it's just it's nice to see good art that is engaging with both elements of that thing that we care about, both the religious and the uh, political components of that. And uh, I just liked it a lot.
1: That's adorable. Uh, I love the shirts. I I want one for myself. Zachary, what's going on for you this week? I know you and a lot of our loved ones have a lot of mixed feelings about Southern California. But I have to say, I'm grateful for Southern California. It's January. It's 70 degrees outside. I'm in shorts. (laughs) I'm in a t-shirt. It's beautiful. People come up to me. Mm -hmm. Zach, you miss seasons, right? (laughs) Like, you're a stranger. How did you know my name? I say. Uh, No, I don't miss seasons. I got rid of the shitty ones. I love (laughs) that it is just like late spring. Or summer, three hundred plus days a year here. You're a monster. Seasons are the best. <laughs> uh, this is this is this is your
0: hottest take on the show yet. This is it. Yeah, I'm team seasons, uh, but it is very nice outside. I'll give you that. And before we get out of here, we do have one more piece of business. Uh, for those of you that listened to last week's episode, you might know that we were having a both swear and negativity jar running. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. if we were use a curse word or curse word if we said fuck shit damn no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not this week baby uh, or use any negativity we had to put a dollar in there we ended up with 15 dollars. although my mother reached out to inform me that zachary had an uncaught d-bomb
1: <laughs> i uh, i haven't found it you I know, did I find it. There's I no recount. Like I think we, you know, the recount time is over. The Supreme Court has ruled. How you, dare you? You lost. It's important I'm to say
0: we tied. We tied in being terrible. I, I Christians. don't remember that. I
1: think it was. <laughs> 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 that's not <laughs> what the official tally shows.
0: So we took that money and I reached out to my mother and asked, like, what would be a good ministry mm-hmm. to donate it to, and she recommended called to peace. Uh, which is a ministry by Joy Forrest that is specifically trying to deal with uh, domestic abuse issues in the church. Mm-hmm. And I did a little research and turns out she gets it a lot better than Bruce Ashford, uh, in part <laughs> because she had this incredible take about how uh, marriage has become an idol in the church. And so right. we we treat it as something that it is never intended to be. Mm-hmm. And we refuse to allow women to make the necessary changes for their safety and health in their life. and And I thought that was like a really strong take. She does a lot of great work on not a ton of money, she is doing doing literally the Lord's work, and she herself is a survivor of abuse. Mm-hmm. She has offered hope to a lot of women. They do a lot to try to move women out of uh, dangerous situations. Uh, and it seemed like a really cool organization. So we donated that money there, and we will continue to keep an eye on the things that they are doing. So thank you, thank you to moms, thank you to my mom for reaching out and recommending that, and thank you to Joy Force for the work that you do. Uh, so rarely do we get to say unequivocal good thing, but at least good in addressing a, a bad. Indeed. So, Indeed. with that said, this has been this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor on Twitter. I'm Zachary Allard. You can find me at
1: Zachary underscore Allard.
0: And you can find us trolling the right wing evangelical <laughs> culture uh, on the show Twitter at at Shitty underscore Pod. Uh, please, if I can ask you to do anything this week, it is dismantle capitalism from the ground up and rate and review Don't us, us on iTunes. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week.
3: Let me begin while there's still ink left in my pen. I'm set to contend for truth you can bet will offend. Deception within the church, man, who's letting them in? We talked about this years ago. Let's address it again. Yeah, and I ain't really trying to start beef. But some who claim to be part of the sheep got some sharp teeth. And catch it mean when you criticize them. But Jesus told us Matthew 7, 16, we can recognize them. And God forbid that for the love of some fans, I keep quiet and watch them die with their blood on my hands. So there's nothing left for me to do except to speak to you in the spirit of Jude 3 and 2 Peter 2. And I know that some will label me a Pharisee because today the only heresy is saying that this heresy I'll dare to be specific and drop some clarity on the popularity of the gospel of prosperity. Turn off TBN, that channel is overrated The pastors speak bogus statements, financially motivated It's kind of like a pyramid scheme Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream It's foul and deceitful, they lie into people Teaching that camel squeezed through the eye of a needle Ungodly and wicked, ask yourself how can they not be convicted Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket And you're thinking they're not the dangerous type Cause some of the statements are right That only proves that Satan comes as an angel of light This teaching can't be believed without a cult. The lie is you can achieve a crown without a cross, And I hear it all the time when they speak on the block. Even unbelievers are shocked how they're in the flock. It should be obvious then. Yeah, I'll explain why it's sin. Peep the Bible listen. First 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. It talks about how the desire for riches has left many souls on fire and stitches, mired in ditches. Tell me, who would teach you to pursue as a goal? The very thing that the Bible says will ruin your soul, huh? Yet they're encouraging the love of money. To make it worse, they've exported this garbage into other countries. My heart breaks even now as I'm rhyming. You want to know what all false teachers have in common? It's called selfism, the fastest growing religion. They just dress it up and call it Christian. Don't be deceived by this funny biz. If you come to Jesus for money, then he's not your God. Money Money is. is. Jesus is not a means to an end. The gospel is he came to redeem us from sin. And that is the message forever Forever I'll yell. If you're living your best life now, you're headed for hell. Talk to him. Let them know. Creflo Dollar is a horse teacher. Well to well. Benny Hinn is a horse teacher. I know they're popular, but don't let them deceive ya.